You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Well, good morning, everyone. I think that's time that we all just kind of take a collective deep breath, a sigh of relief over the fact that we made it. We made it through 2020. It's officially 2021, first Sunday of the new year. And that's good news, honestly, right? We can all breathe at least a little easier now that we've made it to the new year. And with that, that means that every problem of 2020, everything that we've experienced, all of that just goes away, right? Everything's back to normal. Everything's exactly how we want it to be, back to the way that it should be, right? Unfortunately, that's not the case. But the reality is that every new year, that's never the case. Things aren't exactly how we would like them to be. Things are never perfect. Um, But here we are. We made it. We're able to continue resting in the fact that we know God. We know that God has dealt with this stuff before. We know that God has gone through crisis, God has gone through trauma, God has gone through all sorts of things that have impacted humanity over the course of time. And God still has stayed true to God's people all throughout that time. God still remains to be God. And there's a lot of hope in that. There's a lot of good news in that. And that's something that we find a lot of rest, comfort, and peace in, knowing that God is still the same. I think we find a lot of hope in that and a lot of a lot of rest and hopefully a lot of comfort in that. But even though uh, our numbers are relatively arbitrary, it's still a new year. We still get to turn the calendar over. We still get to start a new year. And with a new year always incites a little bit of change, a little bit of newness, freshness to the new year, right? And so we have an opportunity to look at all the possibilities that this year may hold, all the different things that are in store. This is a time of transition, of change, of, you know, prepping either to go back to things, you know, back after the holidays, things like that. But what I want to encourage you to do is to think about this new year, this time of transition and change as uh, a time where we can, you know, maybe make some changes, think about things, or even continue things that we have done well um, over the past year, past couple years. Um, Because I think that there's something that we can do that will have a profound impact on how we live our lives, how we interact with others, and how we interact with God. And so I'll ask you guys to stand for the reading of God's word as we read out of Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit." This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So I don't know about you guys, but I honestly have a tendency to kind of skip over passages like that, especially in the New Testament letters. These greetings, Paul can kind of ramble on. And so I have a tendency, I just kind of want to skip over that and get, get into the good stuff, right? Get into the, the meat of the letter, the passages trying to get into, you know, what, what give me something I can do. Give me some, give me some instruction, some guidance, some wisdom that we find in the middle of letters as Paul is writing to different churches. Um, I really get into some tangible things that I can grasp onto. I have a tendency to kind of brush over stuff like this, Paul's greetings and intros to letters, and get right into, uh, you know, the meat and the substance of what he's trying to say, talk about to these different churches. But unfortunately, for me at least, uh, there's a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of insight to God's true nature that we find in the passages that we just read, the intros in the greetings, the way that Paul specifically addresses churches, is thankful for these churches, for these Christians, for these people, and writes to them, and is very, you know, demonstrates close personal relationships and a a knowledge of these congregations and their specific needs. Uh, There's a lot of insight and a lot of things that point towards who God really is and how we can follow God in our everyday lives. It's not these specific instructions that we kind of want to seek out where we want, we want bullet points and we want, we want answers and we want things that'll, that'll win arguments and discussions and give us things to grasp onto. Um, there's not a lot of that in intros, but there is a lot of depth, a lot of wisdom, and a lot of important things for us to think about in these intros. And so I have to make a point to actually sit down and read these and pay attention to them. You might not have the same problem. Um, But I encourage you to sit down and read these, look at these, and pay attention to the the language and the very, very profound way in which Paul expresses these things, Uh, especially in greetings, in thankfulness, and things like that, the way that Paul thanks and talks to these congregations. So what we have here is a greeting uh, to the Ephesians, to the Christians in Ephesus, this congregation here um, of people. And what this passage does is invites us, invites us to think about the way in which we praise God. You know, we need to praise God, this is good, we need to think about these things. But it goes deeper than that, is it challenges us and calls us to think about how we're actually doing this. So I think one of the key points here is thinking about our thankfulness towards God. Thinking about the things that God has gifted us with, the blessings that God has given us, and I mean the real, the, the profound, I, what I would say, big blessings that God has given us of salvation, this gift of the Holy Spirit, and our ability to be marked and sealed with this Spirit, God's people. 
Paul's talking about this and how this, this is definitely something to be thankful for, right? This is something I think we can all agree on. But what Paul does is goes a step further and says that this thankfulness should propel us into action. This thankfulness should propel us to do something about it. Do something about our thankfulness and actually own and live how thankful we are to God. So Christmas is pretty close in the rearview mirror, right? Christmas about a week ago. Um, how many of you like getting gifts? I know I do. I really like gifts. I really like getting gifts. I like giving gifts and giving good gifts, you know, um, picking out something for people. But I really like getting gifts. So I really like Christmas. It's a good time. Um, so I want you guys to just think about what do you do when you get a gift? What's your, what's your go-to? The polite answer would be to say, oh, thanks. This is really cool, right? You know, you're going to say thank you to the gift. I know no matter what the gift is, you're going to say thank you. Even if you hate it, you've got to say thank you, right? That's the polite thing to do. That's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, right, is say thank you. It's demonstrating manner, polite things, everything like that, right? So I have a couple of friends who are, they're very, they're very good at this, and I give them a lot of credit, is that for, for the gifts that they get, they make a point to write a thank you note to whoever gave them the gift. It doesn't matter what the gift is, but they write really good thank you notes and they're very consistent about it. Appreciation for that. So my parents made me do that as a kid and as soon as I had the choice to not do that, I didn't. Um, mainly because I have bad handwriting, but I didn't want to do it. I was forced to do it and so as soon as I could choose, I didn't. So I give a lot of credit to people who do. There's no moral to my part of the story there, right? Thank you notes are good. Um, but they write thank you notes, and they're, they're very intentional, very well thought out, very well written thank you notes, and they make a point to do this for the gifts that they receive. And they don't do this just because they feel obligated to. I mean, a simple thank you is, is pretty good, right? But they do this because, you know, this isn't a guilt thing, this isn't an obligation thing. They do this because they have a very deep appreciation and intentionality in how they show that appreciation is that they're so thankful that they feel compelled to take another step of action, to do something about it, to write this note, to, to express their thankfulness in some way. I don't write thank you notes. I should probably get better about that, but I don't. I say, oh, thanks, this is really cool. And sometimes I think that we do this with God, is we're kind of like, oh, thanks, cool, great, peace out. And we don't actually acknowledge and appreciate the gifts that we have been given. The things that God has gifted us with, this salvation, this forgiveness, this inheritance that Paul is talking about that is gifted to us. That we did not earn, and frankly that we don't deserve at all, has still been gifted to us. This gift of the Holy Spirit, this gift of eternal life that God has poured out for all his creation. So I think what Paul's getting at here, the true nature of being thankful, is that, if we're, is that true thankfulness and appreciation compels us to do something more with that. Compels us to take another step. Compels us to take action. Instead of just, instead of just saying, thanks, cool, and getting on with our life calling us to do something with our thankfulness every single day as we remember 
what we're thankful for, as we remember the gifts that we have been given. And so this is easy to talk about, right? Okay, we got to do something. Cool. And so next step is, okay, what do we need to do? And I think this can manifest in a lot of different ways. But what Paul talks about here, and what Paul points toward here, is the bigger picture of God's kingdom. And how we are trying to carry that out here on earth. Is that we're thinking about this larger picture that God has painted, that we get to be a part of, thinking about how we play into this, and what God's ultimate goal is here. Because God is trying to mend this broken creation. I don't know if you guys have noticed, if you guys look at the news, or Facebook, Twitter, or whatever social media you might be a part of, um, it's pretty easy to see that people don't get along very well sometimes. That might be the understatement of the century. But it seems as we're moving forward that people, people are growing angrier, more irritated, people are just more on edge around each other, right? Is that you, I mean, no matter what you say, somebody is going to disagree with it. No matter what you say, someone is going to come after you with some counterpoint, with something to be angry about, with something to argue and fight with you about, right? At least I say that a lot because I probably spend too much time on Twitter. But people get angry. People have done a really good job of creating a lot of different groups in the world. Say, this is, this is our identity, this is what we are, we don't want anyone else to join, we don't like that group, that group, that group, and have done a really good job of dividing themselves into these different factions. Done a great job of that. I don't think that's God's goal. I don't think God's goal is to create a fortress out of the church, or out of different churches. I don't think God wants all these little islands or factions to be warring against each other, fighting and arguing, insulting each other in the Facebook comments. I don't think that's God's goal. So as Christians, I don't think that should be our goal either. I think what God is working toward, toward in mending this broken creation is finding ways to unite us finding things to bring us together, to be able to help each other, care for each other, show compassion to each other. Because it's really easy to write someone off who's in a different group than you. It's easy to just subject them to whatever label or to say, oh, they're one of them. No, 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 I don't want to associate with them. I don't care about them. I'm going to dehumanize them. I'm not going to, no, no, no. I'm not going to associate with them. I'm only going to associate with people in my circle. It's really easy to do that. It's also really harmful to do that. I don't think that's what God's working towards. God is using us to try and sow unity in the world. And that's a lot easier said than done. But, I'm going to trust God with this over my own personal expectations. Because even thinking about the word unity right now is pretty laughable to me. And I got about 14 different examples. I could pull up any social media site and be like, oh, no. Here's an example, here's an example, here's people fighting, arguing, all these different things. It's really easy to find non-examples of this. But God is working towards unity. God is working towards bringing people together. And we play a big part in that. In using this gift, utilizing this gift that we have been given, we play a big part in how people come together. 
We get to be the ones who are carrying this out. We get to be the ones who are living this out and pointing people towards Jesus and God's ways instead of just our own. Instead of just our own little factions, our own teams. God is using us to bring people together. And that's what thankfulness looks like in action. For us to be able to reach out to people, to just have a conversation with someone, especially someone that we don't normally interact with. It can be really easy to go up to someone and start an argument. It can be really easy to go up to someone and they're wrong, they're dumb, they don't know what they're talking about. It's really easy to do that. I honestly think it's a lot harder to go up to someone and just have a conversation with them to show them that you care about them, to try and extend a hand to them instead of pushing them away. But I think this is what God's working towards. This is what we're doing when we follow Jesus, as we are extending a hand. We are building a bridge instead of a wall. We are finding ways to connect with people instead of finding ways to isolate ourselves and exclude people. God wants us to find ways to bring people together, not separate ourselves from other people. That is what we get to do, and that's what it looks like when we are living out this thankfulness. And this isn't easy. It's not easy to be around people that you disagree with. It's not easy to have conversation with people who see the world very differently than you do. But God calls us to show unity to sow love, peace, and to be able to extend our arms in a compassionate way, not a combative way. And this is, this is a blessing in itself, that we get to do this, that we get to be a part of this, a part of God's kingdom, a part of God's work on earth. That's a gift in itself. Because if we look at who's Paul, who Paul's writing to here, these Ephesians, which is a mix of, of Jewish Christians who had they'd been Jewish all their life and they were, um, had up, upheld all of these laws, who had done all these things and were, had seen Jesus, the things that Jesus had done, and had making a little bit of a transition in the way that they saw things and the way they saw God and saw God working in the world. And then you have these Gentile Christians who are brand new. They said, well, this seems pretty cool. Who didn't uphold all of these Jewish laws and traditions and everything. Said, no, no, I'm following, we're following this guy Jesus. And that's, we're not doing all of these other things. Um, and as you can imagine, these two groups of people did not get along as well as one might have hoped. There was a lot of argument and colorful discussion and a lot of back and forth on what we need to do, what we don't need to do. And so Paul's writing here and says, none of this stuff matters as much as you think it does. What matters more is trying to live these things out, finding people that you can help, finding things that you can do. We don't need to be tearing each other apart. We don't need to be fighting with each other because there are enough other outside circumstances that are working against us. So Paul's saying, you guys can work together. You guys can do this together. You guys can find ways to help instead of just bickering and arguing with each other all the time, which... We don't do that anymore, right? Yeah. But through all this, Paul is pointing toward this is how we show our thankfulness. This is how we live out our thankfulness and uh, 
how our thankfulness gets put into action throughout our lives. Being there with people, showing compassion to people, and stretching out our arms to people more than anything else, more than the fighting and the arguing and the bickering. Because God is working towards unity. God is working towards bringing this creation back together, this fractured creation, bringing it back together and making it whole through Jesus. Not through us, but through Jesus. This is how we own this inheritance that we've been given. Like I said, we don't deserve this one bit. We haven't earned this or anything, but we have been gifted with it, and that is a blessing, something we should be grateful and thankful for and use that to propel us into serving God. Worshiping God, trusting God for this gift that we've been given and the promises that God has made to us. God will see these things through. That God will bring unity. That God will bring peace. And that's good news. Going into this new year, going and looking at all these different things, looking at what life is like now, and thinking about how we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful that God is going to continue to be with us. God is going to continue to work in this world, to work in our lives, and hopefully propel us into action. So, that is our New Year's challenge to think about how we're owning this thankfulness, think about how we're living into this and how our thankfulness is propelling us and calling us into action. So I urge you guys to think about that. Think about all the things that you were thankful for, the things that you were grateful for. Think about that. Make a list. Write it down. Pray about it. Think about it. And then think about what you can do with that. Think about who you can go to. Think about who you can help. Think about who you can stretch your arm out to. Think about where you can build bridges where you can help people, where you can love people, where you can care about people. Because that, Paul's pointing towards this here, that is the true nature of God. That is the true nature of the Holy Spirit living in us is propelling us to do just that. Being with other people. Being with the rest of God's creation. Because no matter who you look at, no matter who you argue with, no matter who you just don't like, they're still made in the image of God just like you are. God has still created them just like he's created us. And that is good news, no matter how frustrating that might be at times. But it's important that we realize that, understand that, and do something with that. So, I encourage you guys to think about this thankfulness. I encourage you guys to live into this thankfulness. To be thankful for the things in which God has given us. Owning our inheritance and doing something knowing God, and following Jesus. So, thank you guys for being here, both in person and online. We are glad that you guys are here. And I do want to wish you all a happy new year. So, will you pray with me? God, we are so incredibly thankful for this day and for you. We pray that we can continue to remember these things and that these things will Force us into action, God, that we will do these things out of the love that we have for you, the love that we have for your people, and how thankful and how blessed we are to be, God. We pray that we could, you can just continue to work inside of us, that your spirit will just continue to guide us, 
bless us and just help us see what you are doing in the world. Acknowledging it and doing whatever we can to help. God, we're thankful that we are called your people. We're thankful for you and the many things that you continue to do here in this world. And overall, we are thankful for your son, Jesus, and all of the hope that he presents. And it's in his name that we pray all these things. Amen.